Welcome to Voice from the Void, a podcast about Star Drifter and the Star Drifter universe. I am your host, writer-creator David Collins Rivera, and this is episode 13. Today, we'll be looking at a rather well-used piece of space opera tropism, beloved of novels and movies alike, to which this series is likewise no stranger, specifically artificial gravity. An advanced scientific and engineering marvel, artificial gravity has led to many subsequent breakthroughs. Assuming that you can indeed create gravity at will, even if only in a localized area or environment, lots of possibilities begin to open up. From faster than light space travel to rich power generation, from incredible manufacturing feats to research breakthroughs that we in the 21st century might consider magical. Yet even this astounding leap forward has seen its share of dark applications and base carelessness. We'll grapple with the good and the bad, the light and the heavy, right after the update. On the news front, the Star Drifter and Tottenberg newsletters have been chugging along, covering some diverse topics and offering glimpses of some coming content. If you aren't signed up for those, head on over to stardrifter.substack.com and remedy that situation already. The holiday season proved to be one of illness and distraction in our house, so the next Star Drifter short story, The Prince of Ramador, did not get produced by the end of the year as I'd hoped it would. Rest assured, though, that it's a current point of attention. Look for it in this self-same feed within the next month or two. On the Star Drifter role-playing game front... I've been pecking away behind the scenes, creating new rules and testing various subsystems for handling odd and disparate situations one may encounter while adventuring in Ejok's stomping grounds. As always, check out the latest stable-ish build of the game over at gitlab.com slash x1101 slash stardrifter dash RPG. Hey, there are worse ways to spend your time. And that's the latest news. Artificial gravity, or just AG, is a long-cherished aspect of science fiction in general and space opera in particular, so much so that it's been taken for granted. Since it isn't, and indeed can't be real, according to physics as it's currently understood, And since I'm not a physicist who might be annoyed by its free use in fiction, I take it for granted as well. AG is a literary crutch, perhaps, but that means I can make active use of this tech and even iterate upon it, which is what I've done in the novels and stories. There are many ways to define what gravity is, 
and real-life experimentation, exploration of, and debate on the topic are ongoing. One common description, which I've run with for Star Drifter, is that of gravity being a deformation in the fabric of space-time caused by the presence of matter. In the Star Drifter universe, there are different ways to create the illusion of being under an Earth-like gravitational influence. We have the centrifugal force of large spinning structures, such as space colonies. We have the inertia of space vessels under constant acceleration. And finally, we have induced gravity, also known as artificial gravity. All of these methods fall into the umbrella category of simulated gravity, and all of them are useful in certain situations, some more so than others. As described in the stories, AG is a fanciful technology that allows a gravitational field to be placed upon a surface or inside a chamber or really anywhere else desired. This field is formed and controlled by technology that generates a manufactured graviton field drawing all things towards itself. To get a handle on how this tech came about, let's look ahead a century or so, rather than the hundreds of years of the Ejok stories, to the year 2127. Human colonization of Terra's moon, by now starting to be referred to as Luna, and the planet Mars has begun in earnest. Additionally, there are a number of orbiting research stations in various places in Sol system, including the Terra Luna region, Martian orbit, Venusian orbit, a few long looping solar orbits, and several stations circling Jupiter. The combined efforts of theoretical and applied physicists, engineers, and specialists from a hundred fields of research resulted in both the discovery and, soon after, deliberate generation of the massless particle known as the graviton. Heretofore, this was a strictly theoretical elementary particle of the universe, long suspected but never actually observed, let alone controlled. Production and finely-grained manipulation of synthesized graviton particles led almost immediately to machinery generating induced gravity fields in laboratories. Expansion of the process and various efficiency gains allowed for commercial exploitation in the fields of material science, metallurgy, power production, and pharmaceuticals. As time went on, control over the effect improved, and it came to be applied in a startling number of other ways. The kind of AG described so casually in the stories, wherein people walk around as normal through the companionways and cabins of spaceships, is actually a fairly recent invention along the Star Drifter timeline, until miniaturization allowed AG equipment to fit under the decking of those selfsame vessels Gravity manipulation aboard was restricted to the engine room, where new generations of fusion reactors using this tech created the energy needed to power long space journeys, and eventually star jump itself. Induced gravity fields playing upon matter in a shielded chamber allowed for the easy creation of micro-singularities, the quantum and macro effects of which were harnessed and used to create small manufactured pocket dimensions, or bubbles of space-time. These bubbles, existing as separate, if tiny universes all their own, could then be used to transit objects, 
specifically space vessels, from one location in the real universe to another. Most physical laws of our universe are carried over to the new tiny ones, except that time and space are controllable via the ship's star jump equipment. This allows for some amazing ratio differences between what is experienced in the bubble versus the real universe. Modern jump engines can traverse light years instantly, without any passage of time or indeed without traveling the intervening space at all so that the speed of light remains unchallenged on that front. I did a whole episode on Star Jump, so check out Voice from the Void, Episode 3, for more on that. Again, before Star Jump was developed, AG was seen as an easy and cheap method to create fusion power. Simply take some matter, whatever kind, garbage will do, and crush it under high enough gravity fields to create a fusion effect. The resulting thermal response could then be used to generate electricity via a power plant, or could be used to directly superheat reaction mass and throw it out the back of a space vessel as a means of propulsion. By EJOX time, such reactors are commonplace and greatly improved. Efficiencies are high, reliability and safety are near perfect, and the cost to build and operate them has dropped to the point where energy is extremely cheap and easy to obtain in industrialized societies. AG fusion reactors power much of this future time, and are small and easy enough to use that they can be installed in homes and work environments, freeing those buildings from the power grid. Applied to decking and floors on stations and space vessels, AG allowed for terranormal gravity to be employed without the use of centrifugal technologies that spin about to throw their occupants and everything else inside in an outward direction. Centrifuges used for gravity simulation have a whole host of limitations and technical challenges associated with them, though they are still used for very large structures like ring or cylinder-shaped colonies, and certain truly massive space vessels. Even so, AG is often used in sporadic places throughout such structures for safety, convenience, and consistency. Check out Voice from the Void Episode 4 for more about space stations. Because such fine control of AG is now possible, it's found its way into a striking number of seemingly unlikely places. In medicine, it's used in the production of exotic drugs and treatments, rehabilitative therapies, and even in the operating room. Tiny AG generators on the tips of surgical instruments, as well as micro-sized drones swimming in the bloodstream, allow for gravity manipulation within the human body, bending and guiding targeted fluids, cells, and even organs during complex procedures. This effect can reduce tissue trauma and speed up recovery times dramatically. Procedures where the patient may have variable pinpointed gravity fields playing over them at one time from various angles can reduce bleeding, swelling, fluid buildup, and many other localized microtraumas associated with cutting and manipulating human tissue. Far from the operating room, AG has found a home in areas of recreation and sports by offering unusual surfaces to climb, play, and dance upon. Parja, a golf-like game played one-on-one -on -one against a single opponent, involves hitting a ball across moving zones of variable gravity. 
Smackball, on the other hand, is a team sport, played inside a spherical court with the inside surface having AG applied. This allows players to stand and run all along the interior, chasing and throwing a ball around to score points. The novel Risk Analysis covers Smackball in some depth, including a breakdown of the rules as an appendix in the written version. As previously mentioned, AG plays an important role in certain types of manufacturing, with various complicated or exotic metallurgical processes only feasible at scale through the careful control of gravity during the smelting and or molding phases, reducing or increasing the apparent weight of a material without any corresponding change of its chemical composition or mass opens up a lot of opportunities. As an aside, Reducing weight while under a natural gravitational field, such as that of a planet, is achieved by placing AG field generators in direct opposition to the planetary pole. Even apparent weightlessness is possible using this technique. This is actually the same basic method used in moving vehicles, specifically space vessels, to reduce or even remove the apparent effects of inertia when accelerating or changing directions at speed. AG is built into the decks, bulkheads, and overheads, keyed to directional and inertial sensors, creating a comprehensive compensation countering system, say that five times fast, that reduces the strain of inertia upon people and objects within by pulling in the opposite direction to the same or near same degree within microseconds of when a change in velocity or change in direction are detected. This does not negate inertia in any way, rather it counterbalances its apparent effect. To people and objects inside such vehicles, the ride is smooth, or at least smoother than it would be otherwise. An imbalance or failure of the inertial compensators can be serious, even lethal, so the safety standards involved with this application are very high. Special training is required by law before any installation or servicing of inertial compensation equipment can be performed. One may even specialize in this field for work on vessels that use AG to a large extent, such as luxury liners and amorphous superhaulers. While AG has allowed humankind to expand into the stars and progress to a high level of technological advancement, not all of its applications have been benign. A number of AG-based interrogation devices, read that torture machines, have been developed over the years and see occasional service in some of the less egalitarian societies across space. These are typically designed to apply high-G stresses upon various parts of the victim's bodies to extract information, exact revenge, coerce confessions to real or made-up crimes, or to act as examples to a nation's external enemies and the seditious segments of its own population. Holding facilities for violent offenders awaiting trial, or those set to undergo mental readjustment for their crimes, are sometimes designed with AG in the floors or other surfaces so as to be able to lock down prisoners at a moment's notice by increasing local gravity. This can cause injuries, or even death in some cases, but is seen by its advocates as being the safest and most humane option for prisoner control. 
Detractors of this application of AG have a somewhat differing view, as you might imagine. Military AG weapons are rumored to exist, such as portable but very powerful gravity generators, which can be attached to the hulls of space vessels or stations in order to cause damage or to interrupt systems and services. Missiles said to be armed with extremely potent one-time-use AG generators, fired at or near an enemy asset, can cause all sorts of problems, ranging anywhere from star jump failure, mechanical or electrical failure, course or ordnance trajectory errors, and more. Any of these effects can prove impactful, even devastating, if timed correctly in the midst of combat. So-called misjump missiles are said to also exist. Stories vary, but the general theme seems to be that of large missiles armed with specialized star jump engines, designed to fail in a very particular manner. Supposedly, these weapons are fired at the enemy, and when close, initiate a jump event. Femtoseconds after the point of activation, the AG field creating the microsingularity shuts off creating an unstable and chaotic bubble of space-time. That is to say, a misjump. Anything within the AOE of the bubble is warped, shattered to constituent atoms, and or carried off to the far corners of the universe and to all points in time simultaneously. Neither power, speed, nor armor are any defense against such weapons, and the next war that uses them will surely be humanity's last. Or so the story goes. One application of AG that is known to be in active development, having been widely reported in the various media, falls into a tech area titled Dimensional Transition Denial. Dubbed the Jump Anchor by pundits, the idea here is to use overlapping AG fields to create an artificial gravity shadow strong enough to prevent star jump from occurring within a designated zone or near particular assets in space. This would deny enemies or criminal ships the ability to star jump in right on top of their target or to escape into jump space and get away if already there when the field is activated. The concept is simple enough, but its implementation has proven to be frustratingly difficult and elusive. So far, no power in space has been able to scale up such a system beyond the proof-of-concept stage due to a seemingly endless number of technical, financial, and bureaucratic challenges, despite extensive research, mountains of man-hours, and ballooning developmental costs. Other military advancements, such as free jump, may well make protective systems of this sort entirely moot before they even see the light of day. But there are politicians and military leaders who are still quite enthusiastic about this tech, so its development continues. Without artificial gravity, there'd be no star travel. Without it, energy production would be inconsistent and expensive. Without it, you couldn't jaunt along the companionway of your vessel, or run up the curved bowl of a smackball court as easily as you'd run through a city park on Terra. It is the one truly indispensable technology of this future time. And neither the Nations of Space nor the Star Drifter series as a whole could exist without it.
And that's it for this one. Next time, we'll be looking at a day in the life of the average spacer. A person, not unlike Ejok perhaps, who has signed up for long periods of isolation aboard vessels in outer space. Folks such as this must, by definition, be seeking something other than an ordinary life. What they might consider mundane, the rest of us would be shocked by, or even terrified to face. Even while the commonplace experiences that we take for granted, such as socializing, shopping, or strolling in the sunshine, are for them rare and exotic indeed. If you were a spacer, how might your day look? How might your life look? Ejok's crazy adventures aside, what do the majority of spacers go through each and every day of the week as they shift cargo and passengers, deliver data and communications, and provide vital supplies and services all across the stars? The answers could well be endless, of course, but we'll have a few in particular to consider, some of which might surprise you next time on Voice from the Void. You have been listening to Voice from the Void, written and read by David Collins Rivera. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode or your ideas for future ones. Feel free to leave a message on my site, davidcollinsrivera.com, or drop me a line at lostinbronx at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-N-B-R-O-N-X at gmail. The theme music is a piece called Wicked Ways by Kilobyte, spelled K-I-L-L-A-B-Y-T-E, featuring Danica Nadeau, and is available through no copyright sounds at ncs.io slash wickedwaysid. This podcast discusses fictional works and characters and is not meant to portray any person, living or dead, nor any particular place or situation. Today's episode of Voice from the Void is copyright 2022 by David Collins Rivera and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Feel free to use it for any purpose, even commercial, and I encourage you to do so. Thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs>